Have you, a friend, or family member ever considered writing a book and getting it published? Well, I have the perfect idea for you. You should contact Wasteland Press. Wasteland Press is a self-publishing book company, and since they started in 2000, they have published over 4,000 book titles. That's right, over 4,000 book titles, and they make money from your book, not you, and they work for you non-stop, full-time. You can sell your free copies when it's all said and done to make an investment off of your book, and there is no other publishing company that can offer that. They provide full-service publishing for you and your book, which includes the cover design and formatting. And they also have a plan that can fit your budget, which includes the basic plan, the silver plan, the gold plan, the platinum plan, and the ultimate plan. If you want to find out more about these plans, you can contact them at 502-437-0860. That's 502-437-0860. And if you want to request a publishing guide, you can contact them at wastelandpress.net. Do it. You won't regret it. Make your dreams come true with Wasteland Press. Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Sports Podcast. It's kind of a sad one because it's Kentucky's last game of the season for football. Uh, I just kind of wanted to give a little recap of the season and why it's so important to UK fans and what it could mean for the future. And also we got some more uh, more serious bow games today with the Fiesta Bow, the Rose Bow, and the Sugar Bow, of course. So we got a jam-packed day of games, and starting off with Kentucky and Penn State. Tyler, first of all, I want to say Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New Year. It's January 1st, 2019. It's a new year, and I'm really excited for this year. And I am too. We, we did a lot of things in 2018. I did a lot of things. I graduated from high school. I started college. Started a podcast, finally. And it, it was a good and ride in 2018. possibly with 10 wins. And that's... You know, just starting off with UK for a bit. Uh, I think before the season, if anyone would have told me, hey, UK is going to win nine games and have a possibility of winning ten games, I would have laughed in their face. I'd be like, SEC is so tough, and they're going to need a miracle to pull off even eight games. But they did it. Right now they're at nine games with a chance to win ten against Penn State. And just, again, a recap of this season and everything, you know, despite the end of, you know, the debacle that was the Tennessee game and the downer of the Georgia game as well, UK still accomplished a lot of, you know, they accomplished a lot this season. They finally ended the streak against Florida, beating them uh, 27-16. Not, it it wasn't at Kentucky, it was in Florida, in Gainesville, in the swamp. And I think that's what's so important about that is that they, you know, they finally ended the streak in Florida. Their defense. Defense. Absolutely demolishing Mississippi State. Yeah. Hanging with Texas A&M, almost beating Texas A&M. Probably should have won that game too, but it, the home field advantage played in that. And there was a lot of other uh, questionable coach calls towards the end. But 
the best record since the 1970s, 40 plus years. Again, this is Mark Stoops is a special coach, and I'm so glad Kentucky has him because I think uh, I've told you this before. You know, they had that really one good season back in the 70s, and it took them, again, 40-plus years to get back to where they are now with the possibility to win 10 games. And I don't think it's going to take that long again. I think Kentucky really has the possibility to, you know, continue this kind of success. I really think so. I, I think, you know, with what he's doing recruiting, he's getting his defense ready to, for, the fu- for the future. He has already, you know, defensive, you know, that are freshmen right now that are going to be key parts to this team in the future with Chris Oates and DeAndre Square. Their offense can still look good for next season. Yeah, I, I definitely think Kentucky is uh, on the upswing, definitely. As long as Mark Stoops stays... And, you know, there's been some uh, talk about that. And there always is when you're successful in college football. But uh, I definitely think as long as he stays and they're continuing their, their trajectory. The thing I like about it most, Tyler, is the defensive-oriented team. They're in the SEC. He knew they had to have that in order to compete in the SEC. And that's the first thing he's addressed. The only thing he has to do now, he's got a good, you know, everybody is associating Kentucky with tough defense now. So he shouldn't have any problem getting good recruits in defense. So right now he just needs, he doesn't need to unfocus off defense, but he needs to spread it to the offense. I agree. And, you know, just, it's going to be a good recruiting tactic as well, because look at Josh Allen for Kentucky. He came in as just a two-star recruit. He was choosing between Monmouth and Kentucky. Yeah. Chose Kentucky. And four years later, he's winning all these defensive awards, winning the National Defensive Player of the Year Award, winning the National Defensive Player in the Year Award in the SEC. And NFL money coming soon. And be a potential top five pick yeah. to win a lot, you know, just to – have and, a know, lot of money. It's going to be a recruiting thing for Stoops, too. You know, it's just like basketball. You know, Kentucky basketball's lived a lot off the high recruit, the high draft rates of their basketball players. It works for football, too. And, um, you know, especially in the defensive arena, I definitely think they're going to be doing really well with it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, just another recap. Another thing you could have told me. And I would have laughed at your face uh, if you told me this. That Kentucky would have a chance with one game to have a shot to play in the SEC championship. That's something that I would have laughed in your face before the season. You would have told me, hey, Kentucky has one shot to do it. And obviously they didn't win. But just the fact that Kentucky was there with an opportunity, that's just amazing. And the fact that, you know, Mark Stoops' first couple years here went 2-10. and ten. <laughs> I tell you, that's, that's, some, uh, that's, that's some will by the uh, upper structure, too. The president of the university, everybody, you know, the... Athletic, athletic director. Yeah, yeah, athletic director. So, you know, the fact that they stuck with them. And, you know, 
not to bring Louisville into the conversation, but they're facing a similar situation. And so it certainly helps. And anybody can learn out there. If you're trying to rebuild your football program, it's not going to happen in two years. It's going to take some years to happen. And you got to be patient with it. And, and don't give up so soon. And I think a lot of universities make that mistake. You know, um, I, Except I, for Bobby Petrino. Yeah. <laughs> that, that should well, have been way before. Yeah, but that's success and then dropping off. That's a little different. Yeah. We're talking about starting from the bottom and then building up. Now, if Petrino came in here right now, let's say Petrino came in right now with UofL, they would literally have to give him three to five years to rebuild that team. And yeah, this UofL team, they're, I mean, they need a lot of work. You know, we've said this before on this podcast. UofL is going to need a lot of work. And, you know, I don't want to go too much into UofL, but, I mean, I definitely think it's something to mention about UK and any team that's they didn't, looking to expand. The fact that they didn't give up on Stoops, they yeah. gave him a chance, and now he's gotten him to three straight bowl games with a chance to finally – he hasn't gotten one yet, but now with a chance to finally do it against Penn State – uh, in Penn State this year, they've they've been up and down. Yeah. They've, you know, I they they lost to teams that they should have lost to. Yeah, I mean they I lost they lost to Michigan State, which maybe that's the one where you could say Penn State could have won that game, yeah. but they lost to Michigan. And their other loss coming against Ohio State, which and they Ohio almost State, won. They won. And Ohio, I mean Penn State, with I mean that's a terrible coaching call towards the end of that game when Penn State could have won that game. So all of really all of Penn State's losses are losses that hey they're not bad losses whatsoever. And for the most part, Kentucky too, other than Tennessee and Georgia. Uh, but well, no, I, mean, I mean Georgia they've they lost. lost. Yeah, so I mean other thing. than yeah, other than Tennessee, they've lost the teams that they should have lost to. I mean, that When we were going to that Texas A&M game, we certainly weren't going in thinking we were going to win. We we knew we had a chance. We had hopes. Yeah. But But I mean, it's certainly not a slam dunk type yeah, of Yeah, and you know, uh Kentucky and Penn State do have the same record. They're both 9 and 3. But you know, I've I've looked at Penn State throughout the season and I you know, I've Paid a lot to paid a lot of attention to college football this year. Um, Penn State is. I look at their offense and they're not that great. And we were we were looking at their stats and looking at where they are as far as their offensive rank. They're not really highly ranked up there. They don't have much of a pass game from Trace McSnorley. I mean he's. Say that ten times fast. Trace McSnorley. Trace McSnorley. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, he's a good quarterback. Don't get me yeah. wrong. He's a good rusher. I mean, but and the thing is, though, a couple of years ago, he was completing like 67% of his passes. This year, he's only completing 53. Yeah. So, I mean, I think Kentucky, in this game, Kentucky needs to take advantage of that. I really think if Kentucky's defense shows up like they have in the fir- in the majority of the season, I think they can shut down Penn State. Well, I was texting back and forth with Kevin and uh, his son, Kevin, and uh, we were kind of doing predictions. And a lot of them were basically like uh, Big Kevin was like, I call him Big Kevin. It's uh, the uh, father, Kevin, <laughs> said that he, he called it 27-21 Penn State. 
And then Kevin Aaron, uh, who's uh, his son, called it 27 to 24 Kentucky. I kind of went more of a bolder direction and said 21-7 Kentucky. And one of the reasons that go back to what you were talking about defense, I definitely think this is a team that a Kentucky defense can shut down. However, with that said, we have no idea about this team we're playing. We've never, you know, the SEC, this is the bad thing about interconference play. You really don't know until you play, okay? The SEC so far has fared pretty well. You know, uh, you have Missouri losing. They got, But it was a close game. But it, was, it was a shootout, you know, typical Missouri football, and things like that. But some of the SEC teams have played really well. Texas A&M, you know. So and, and the strong defensive SEC teams seem to be doing really well. And, and I'm hoping, and I'm not, by any means, am I feeling confident in my pick? I, I just think, you know, if Kentucky's defense shows up, they shut down Penn State, it'll give Kentucky's oper- uh, more possessions to opportunities to score. And I think they'll put some numbers up similar to a Mississippi State game or something like that. Now, I don't think they're going to, you know, it's not going to be a 41 to 3 blowout by any means. Yeah, I don't you know? think. Of all the possible things that can happen, I don't think a blowout's going to happen. No. I, I don't. I really don't. And like I said, if Kentucky's defense really shows up like they have with, you know, the majority of the season, I really think they can shut down Penn State. Yeah. I, I, I really do, especially with Josh Allen and uh, Mike Edwards, uh, Darius West, and all those defensive stars. Yeah. I really think that Q-tip they can. Boys. Huh? The Q-Tip boys. Yeah, the Q-Tip boys, gosh, Daniel. Um, jo- uh, Jordan Jones is not playing Okay. for Kentucky. But I have no idea why. I don't think it's an academic issue or anything like that. But he's not playing for whatever reason. But you know maybe, what? Maybe maybe it's a tackling issue with the Q-Tip. You know? Well, I think their hands are fine now. They're, oh, they they don't have the where the Q-tips. I don't or? think so. Ooh, well, they have to look that up and see if that's. Yeah, because I'm not really that sure. Would be big, I think. Yeah, you know, but with it, it definitely hurt against Georgia. Yeah, but Georgia's you know with Jordan Jones, <laughs> but with with Jordan Jones not playing, Kentucky has people, especially freshmen, that can step up, especially with Chris Oates and DeAndre Square. So, I. You know what? Of course, we like I said, like you said, we don't know what's going to happen. Uncommon opponents, uncommon. What's your prediction? I think it's more along the lines with little Kevin's prediction. I think it's okay. going to be a, like a field goal type game. Field goal. Okay. Yeah, I I don't think it's going to be that high, like twenty seven, twenty four. I think it's going to be much lower. Sorry, little Kevin. We keep referring to you to that, but it's uh. Kevin Aaron, I, I just say uh, Kevin, Kevin's son, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be more like seventeen fourteen. Okay, um, I, I, I think, think it's going to be pretty realistic. I think too. it's going to be a lower scoring yeah, game, especially I, I with Kentucky's defense. I don't see Kentucky uh, opening it up unless um, somehow Terry just feels up to it and he's passing. You know, that's the only way it's going to happen if it if they run up the score a little bit. But I don't think it's going to happen. I think Penn State's a solid team. They're not great by any means, but they're not terrible either. Like I said, know? I mean, they've lost the teams that they 
Should you know, have lost to. Except Michigan State. I'll, I'll grant them that. But the other teams, Michigan and Ohio State, those are games you look, you know, before those games started, hey, they should probably lose well, those I, games. Well, I definitely think the first drive is the most important. It ha- it was it's so always important the most against important. Georgia. Against Georgia, because yeah, uh, Kentucky say. had a, what was it, a third and out? Not yeah. a third and out, but they got fourth down. And uh, Kentucky, I mean, uh, Georgia runs it back for a long Fun. game. Yep. And it was devastating. And it was, I mean, it, it could have changed the game a little bit had it not. They didn't return it for a touchdown or anything, sure. but they got a lot of field sure, on they that. They lost by 17. So, looks yeah. at, if you're down by 10, it's much easier to come back. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I, I definitely think that first drive was, I was like, oh, you know, I just like deflated everything. Yeah. I mean, it's not like we went in there thinking, oh, we're going to be Georgia, but we thought that could have changed the trajectory yeah, of that game. I think it would definitely have been a hell of a lot more. Okay, I think that just kind of took, because Georgia scored, yeah, on that, and did. I think that just took a lot out of Kentucky. Well, that and the uh, pro NFL running back, yeah, uh, <laughs> with DeAndre Swift. Yeah, boy, I, I would. He's going to be. He's five nine, but do you think he can play in the NFL? Yes, I do. The fact he's liquid quick, and if that's what small, he has going for him. If you're small and you're liquid quick, it'll work. I'm telling you, that smallness in the running back position is not necessarily a hindrance. You have less person to tackle, and especially if he's fast. Low center of gravity, we can talk about this all day. Some of the great running backs of the NFL were small running backs, and they were super quick, too. That's another thing. I mean, Benny Snell, he'll get picked in this year's draft. Of course, he... Declared not too long ago. I think he'll get picked. He's not going to go undrafted. Some team will pick him up. But, you know, it's something that someone like DeAndre Swift has versus Benny Snell is DeAndre Swift has speed, like combine we said. Combine numbers, yes. Yeah, he has speed to play in the NFL. And the NFL is all about combine numbers. And I think Benny, I really think he can play in the NFL. It's just the heart is definitely there. It's just the the speed and the intelligence too. He has yeah. a lot of intelligence. He in does, and he can find holes quickly. Yeah. to go through there. And he's but, patient too, and that's important in the NFL too, because sometimes the, he's the very plays patient. are slow developing. You know, right. So I mean, he does have things beyond speed and power and things like. He's got plenty of power, but I mean, he's got things that going for him that work with in the NFL game. But it's just a matter of whether an NFL team's willing to do it, considering he'll probably have mediocre combine numbers. Yep. Mediocre in the NFL sense. Well, speaking of Benny declaring, Kentucky's losing a lot. Especially with defense, losing Josh Allen, losing all of their seniors, of course. And then you have the offense. You have Benny declaring, deciding to go... Yeah, C.J. Conrad, the NFL prospect tight end, graduating and you know, going to the NFL. You have uh, Bunchy Stallings for U.K., the uh, All-American offensive lineman, um, graduating and going on to the NFL possibly as well. Kentucky's losing a lot, but again, Kentucky's going to be – their depth – is going to help them, yeah. I think, for years to come. Because, again, Mark Stoops has a great recruiting class coming in. Four-star defensive backs, cornerbacks, all, all on the board. Offense, 
I really think with Benny leaving, Mark Stoops should consider changing the offense for the future a little bit to suit more with Terry Wilson's yeah, game. Because absolutely. starting next year, once, the they, once they go into the offseason, once the spring game comes around, once they start you know, really working out, this is going to be Terry Wilson's offense next year. And, and work with Terry Wilson seeing more of the field, too. That's yeah. what was his problem And it year. seems like he does better under an up-tempo type offense. Yeah. And Maybe I, like, no huddle. Ex- yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, no huddle can be a little stressful on a quarterback because of the memorization of plays and things like that. But there's, you know, they, they have the wrap uh, on their arm that where they can read the plays, signal in, and, you know, there's ways around that as well. Yeah. You know, so. Just one last thing about Kentucky and then move on to the rest of the games and kind of give a little what we think is going to happen. I'm excited about Terry Wilson. I really am. He showed glimpses. Uh, this season where I think he can be a really good quarterback for UK. And he still has two more years left to develop yeah. and be a good quarterback. He was – some a lot, a lot of people forget is that Terry Wilson's a pretty accurate passer. He completed 66 to 67% of his passes this year, which is really good. And I'm excited about the defense where it can go if he keeps building it up like we know he can. And I'm exci- can be excited about the offense as well, especially with Terry Wilson under the helm leading everything. Losing Wandell Robinson and recruiting, flipping the Nebraska of all places, mm-hmm. that's going to hurt a little bit. But I'm excited about UK for years to come. I, I don't. I mean, I that's fine. And I, the way I look at it, see ya. Uh, you know, as far as him is concerned. You could have been a core piece on this offense yeah, for years to come. Time, and, I'm like, you know, if you don't want to come here, I don't want him. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know. I don't know if he's 18, yeah, I'm assuming he is, but he's a young kid. Yeah. He should be able to do what he wants with his future. Sure. You know, at first I was a little pissed, of course. Well, the, the wishy-washiness was unnecessary. That, that's, that's what I was if, if kind of. Un, if you're unsure, just the, the lesson for anybody out there, if you're unsure, just don't say anything. Yeah. Don't and the say thing that until you're sure. The thing that pissed me off the most about Wondell Robinson is that he would go week after week saying I 100% committed to reassuring. <laughs> he reassured everyone. He went on Matt Jones's TV show. You know what he said? He said if Brom came to Louisville, he would consider Louisville, but he said Nebraska was out of the question. Yeah. And then he won Mr. Kentucky football, and then at and then he stated again, he was one hundred percent committed to UK, and guess what else? As he was saying that, the report of him flipping his commitment came out. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of funny. That's what he's a kid. He should do what he wants to do. But the fact that he went week after week, and he's local saying, too. yeah, I mean, and that he's, he's a local. local. It would be different if he was from somewhere else. Yeah. But the fact that he, you know, he played local that, in that Frankfurt, Kentucky. You, I, I think it goes to show you that. Kentucky still has a way to go offensively to attract all these star players. They do. I think they can attract defensive players. Yeah. But offense, I'm so excited for it. Yeah. Because they have a lot of young pieces. But as and far as – rec- say that a two-star recruit can't turn out to be great on the offensive side too. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, we – you know, we put so much thought and effort into the star system. But – we don't take in consideration the will, the passion, the heart of a football player. And there's a lot. Benny Snell's a great example. Has a lot of heart. 
Yeah. He's a and, great and, kid, you know, too. So you don't have break, to have this big, huge star recruit to come in. And, Vinny was just a three-star recruit, too. Yeah. And... And he turned out to, to be, be the one best of asset this year. One of Kentucky's best running backs in a long time. Yeah. And what promise. One last thing about Kentucky and then we'll get to the other games real quickly. <laughs> Benny needs hundred and seven yards to break UK's all time rushing yards leader to be the leader. Do you think he gets that today? No. You don't think he'll get it? No. I I, I hope he this is this is just me talking realistically. I hope that he does, but I don't think he does. I think I don't think he's going to have. I think for Kentucky to win today, they're going to have to do it in the air a bit, and also with Terry scrambling. Um, but, well, I mean, we know Terry is a really good athlete. Yeah, but I, I just I don't know. I, I I don't get that feeling that this is the type of game where we can run a lot. I think it's going to have to be a balanced approach, and uh, Penn State is. A very storied program, um, and you know, just judging by football, not the stuff going on, on the outside, but they definitely are very well balanced in the similar ways to an SEC team. I think, um, you know, a second tier SEC team. So I think it's going to be a tough game. There's, there's no doubt, and I think the toughness is going to come in, in in the running position. And again, I hope he breaks it on. the First two plays. I do know? too. But uh, it's definitely a game that Kentucky can win. That's deserving of that. It's him. It's him. Yeah. You know, and I would. The fact they did it in that. three years too. Yeah. What would really he suck next year and just crush it? You know. What would really suck if he comes like two yards short of it? Yeah. That would really suck. But going on to other games, uh, Washington Ohio State in the Rose Bowl game. There's not really much to say about it. Washington's. I'm going to be bold and say Washington's going to win that game. You think just Washington's going to win I, that game? Well, no. <laughs> I just think if Ohio State shows up anything like Purdue, they're going to lose that game. Ohio State, I'll give it to them. I hate Urban Meyer. I don't really like them, but their offense is pretty good. Yeah, it's about wishy-washy. And I, I think Ohio State kills Washington. That would be, I guess, me, my, my I, I bold prediction. I would think so, too, but uh, you know, I would have said the same thing about Ohio State versus Purdue. So, yeah. yeah. The controversial UCF, they actually just started. They're playing LSU. LSU's already at the their goal line. Okay. The <laughs> LSU's about to score, probably. <laughs> but, anyways, UCF, LSU. Damn it. Damn it. I want UCF to win so we can force an eight play game, eight team playoff, but it's not well, going to happen. Well, like I said, LSU's playing UCF. <laughs> we talked about this a little bit before we started this podcast. I think in the end, I think LSU gets this. Yeah, uh, I, I think they'll win. Yeah, if they're already on the doorstep, I think they're going to be okay. I think UCF, <laughs> I think I would like them to win as the same reason for you. Yeah. I would like to see an 18 playoff. And again, an 18 playoff, we, we could talk about this on and on and on. An 18 playoff would really solve all the controversies this year. It would would have led in Georgia, would have led in Ohio State, would have led in UCF. I mean, it would have solved a lot of people that, you know, the fans that are complaining. Georgia, up until this point, is the best team besides Alabama. Yeah. I not, agree. Not to knock Clemson, but Clemson's I think George. I think Georgia would beat Clemson. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Clemson's unproven. They they come from a soft uh, conference. We knew that Notre Dame was a little 
um, you know, a little underrated. And it was talked about all year about how they should toughen up their schedule, maybe get into a conference, uh, a tough, tougher conference rather than the independents. And, um, you know, I, I definitely think that if Georgia under – I mean, uh, Notre Dame under different circumstances – they probably would have lost four games this year. They played a lot of ACC teams this year that were horrible. I always think if Clemson was in a conference at the SEC, yeah. how well would they really do? Oh, they would be a Texas A&M. I think so. You Texas know, I, A&M almost beat Clemson. Sure, sure. They would be a Texas A&M. Yeah. So, now, that was earlier on. Uh, they definitely stepped up in a lot of ways because you got to remember Clemson uh, tripped up a couple times after that yeah, too. Yeah, they almost lost to Syracuse. They yeah. had to come back against them. So, um, I, I mean, you know, unless barring some miracle that, you know, they beat Alabama, I just don't think they're quite there. And uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. Clemson's way, a good I, team. Can I say something about the, the random test where three of them tested positive for You should substances? definitely test all of them now. I, I definitely think so. I mean, that... If it's random and they nailed three out of three, wow, that means something's going on there. So I don't know. I, I'm not judging. I'm just saying it would be a, a good idea to maybe check it out. Maybe it's too late now because you're ready to play the game. Yeah. Uh, well, they've already played a game. So, but uh, that, that's definitely important for the integrity of the game. With that said, um, I definitely think that, uh, you know, LSU is going to kill Washington. Uh, UCF? In my, in my head. I mean, UCF, uh, Washington. Uh, and I, I would hope that UCF would win for the same reason. And it's nothing to do. I love my SEC teams. I think they're bad. Even if they don't win, I think the committee should heavily consider changing it to eight teams. I do, too. And and the one person that's against it is Nick Alabama's Saban. Coach. And there, there's I don't a reason. understand. There's a reason. Come on, there's a reason. He he has no problem. If he was in UCF's uh, position, he would be saying, "We need an 18." Yeah. You know, it, 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 he knows that if they lose one game a year, they're going to get in. And so, why expand it when you're in that position? And you got to look at it from the selfish point of view of him. What he's saying makes perfect sense. Why would I want to bring in four other teams, especially Georgia, mm-hmm. to play me? You know, I mean, and guess who they would play with the first game? Probably Georgia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I actually looked at it. I think it was Georgia. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that would be it'd be Georgia or UCF. But uh, yeah, it, you know, I'm just saying I wouldn't want to play Georgia. I mean, you have Georgia's coach Kirby Smart. He said after that game, "You tell me a team that." He wouldn't want to play again, and it would be us. He, we would be first on the list. Oh, yeah. And I think that's definitely true. Yeah. And Georgia's still going to be good next year. Oh, my God. Getting, Georgia, all, getting the majority of their Georgia offense back. Georgia and Alabama next year are going to be stellar. They're going to be looking great. Tua's going to be back for another yeah. year. I mean, it's it's going to be Th- That's great. why I love the, the, uh, the three-year system. You yes. can see all these players tear, yes. tearing it up yes. for three years. But – uh, moving on to the other games, uh, we got Texas and Georgia, which is the at eight forty five on ESPN. Texas Georgia. My bold prediction: I think Texas will win this game. Ooh. I re- I think Texas will win this game. Georgia crushes them. I'm gonna go out and say Georgia crushes them. My SEC bias showing through there. I saw but- Texas's offense against Oklahoma. 
Oklahoma does not have a great defense. We know this. Yeah. But I think I think Texas can ha- definitely hang with them. I think Texas, they have really I, tall. I definitely think Texas will score. They have tall receivers. They have 6'4", six, 6'6", six, six receivers that are huge that uh, Sam Hellinger can, uh, Do you see it as a can throw to. See, I almost think it's a shootout. It can be a shootout. Yeah, Georgia's got a, a great NFL quality quarterback. Running they backs. Have, they have a great core. They have a great core of running, uh, backs. running backs. Receivers are good. Yeah. Um, Might be a shootout. I, I'm, it I, could be a shootout. I but I really. I know this is a boat prediction, and has I know Texas I, stopped anybody. They they have, they've had pretty much shootouts throughout their season. The majority, yeah. Yeah. So. I would think that Georgia would be able to score against them. I normally wouldn't go against the SEC, especially a Big Twelve team. Yeah, but I think it's going to be a tough game for Georgia to win, okay. and I think Texas. I think Texas will pull I, it I, out. I certainly don't think you're, you know, you're way off bounds by saying that. I, I definitely think it's it's a possibility. I just don't know if Texas can shut down Georgia, and whether they can outscore them, they might be able to. Um. Yep. So that's going to be the end of this pregame show. Watch Kentucky. Go Cats. C-A-T-S. Go Cats. Got to get this win. Ten win season. We have a lot to look forward to with this podcast for 2019. Have a lot of things planned. Thank you guys for continuing to listen to it for 2018. Definitely going to be pushing it for 2019. A lot of stuff. A lot of fun stuff is going to go on. Go Cats. Go Cats, guys. Thank you, guys. Until next time. Thank you for joining us in the man cave.